This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And on this sunshiny Saturday morning, oh. the sous chef of the garden. Isn't it gorgeous? Look, blue, yeah. blue, 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 yeah. not a cloud in sight. Absolutely gorgeous. And well above zero, perfect working weather. Yeah, yeah. Um, Except if you're in Thunder Bay, I hear it's only two degrees right now. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> well, when I headed out from up around the New Market area mm-hmm. this morning, it was four degrees. Right. Darn chilly, yeah, you know. Yeah. But, but it doubled as I went down the 404, there, you and know, it's, to eight. Sure, and it's warming up as the sun <clears throat> sure. rises. But you were up at the crack of dawn, I weren't you? I know. Uh, <laughs> in any case, I'm looking at the forecast, uh, or listening to it on the way in, mm-hmm. <clears throat> pardon me, and... Uh, Tomorrow doesn't look that great. No, Some showers on the way. Today's the day to get in the garden. Oh, Today okay. is gardening day. And if you have and any questions, Monday, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe it would be a good time to yeah. give a call in. Call early, call often, one question per call <laughs> to reach Charlie, okay? And here are the numbers. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free 866 740 4740. If you're a first-time caller, please let Sebastian, our uh, Cracker Jack uh, operator, know. <laughs> and uh, when you reach the air, that's what you'll hear. Get to your garden wings. Okay. That's right. Thank um, you, Frank. We were talking just before going mm-hmm. on the air, actually, about uh, Toronto uh, uh, Islands. Wow. They are soggy. I know. Buried under Nice to own a canoe or a kayak. I guess most people well, do, though, if they live on the island. Yeah, some, maybe some so, but way to get around. I feel sorry for some of the brides out there who had a wonderful wedding Scrambling. planned. Now that's, you know, they say, I think it's till the end of July now that uh, they're and you, all curtailing all sorts of speaking things. Speaking of which, you live in a very beautiful place with a pond yeah. and trees and swans and, and Shirley's an avid gardener. Maybe you should be putting some notes up for all those people <clears throat> that don't have a wedding venue. <laughs> rent rent oh, your garden. Oh, well, sure. Now, <laughs> now, here we go. There you go. A little side <laughs> side job for you. Cater oh, some meals. You've, you've, you've done it already now. <laughs> All right. Okay. I've got some announcements. Sure. Away you go. Uh, because, of course, this is it. This is yeah. the big 2-4 weekend, right? You got it. So it's not just about the cottage. It's not just about, you know, partying with your friends. It's time to get into the garden. So lots going on. Uh, I do want to just mention that I mentioned last week that this Tuesday, May 23rd, there would be a, a session that I was going to be attending, an information session regarding a tour, a river cruise, a uh, mm-hmm. tulip time tour. 
Uh, it is not happening this Tuesday, so if you're planning on coming, don't. But it is postponed, so we will be having an information session, and we will be having a tulip time cruise. Oh, that's great. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the plan, and I'll certainly give you more information on that as it comes up. Uh, Sunday, May 28th, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society is meeting at the Royal Botanical Garden Centre, 680 Plains Road West in Burlington, room number 3. The workshop is led by expert rose growers and showers and is entitled Floral Design Demo and Rose Show Tips on Exhibiting and Answers to All Those Rose Dilemmas. Uh, It's all in preparation for the June 24th 25th Rose Show. So mark that on your calendar. If you are a rose lover, you're going to want to go to that. Everyone, of course, is welcome. There's no entrance or parking fees there. The Harriston Horticultural Society would like you to know that they are hosting a garden festival on June the 3rd. That will be featuring annuals, perennials, shrubs, hanging baskets, garden accents, master gardeners, and food. That all takes place at the Harriston Community Center, 11 George Street in Harriston, open from 8 a.m. till 2 p.m., free, of course, admission. And this is something I'm participating in, and I have in the past. It's a fundraising event at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. It's called Woman to Woman, and it is a lunch in the garden. It's mm. very swanky, many, much um, dresses and spring. Too swanky for Frankie. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> yeah. would think so. And it is called Woman to Woman. Ah, right. So there are a few men there, but very few. And uh, so the, um, yeah, it's hats and flowers, and, and it's all eating in the gardens and touring And about. it's a fundraiser, really. It is, yeah, yeah. There's silent auction with some very, very lovely things to, to purchase. But I will be participating for the first time ever. They are hosting um, tables. Typically, it's been a kind of a free-for-all. It's open buffets Mm -hmm. and desserts and just seating wherever. This time, for the first time ever, there will be actually reserved seating for those who wish to participate through the patron table idea. And I will be one of the garden gurus sitting at one of the patrons' tables to help. Yeah, chit-chat about gardening and you know, hey, what's going on. that sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. it no. will be fun. So I hope everybody can come. It is, of course, open for ticket purchasing. does happen on Tuesday, May the 30th, noon, and two th- noon until 2.30 p.m. Excellent food and neat, really amazing caterers. So for more information, of course, go to torontobotanicalgarden.ca. Okay, and uh, that wraps for the moment anyway. The announcements here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. And we'll be along in just moments with our callers. And we'll be starting out by saying hi to Brenda in Dundas right after these words. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, let's welcome to the show from Dundas, Ontario, Brenda. Hi, good morning, Brenda. Good morning, good morning, both of you. Um, Charlie, I'm asking you about bone meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time I went to get some, it came in a great huge a canister, mm-hmm. which looked like it was going to last me <laughs> years and years and years. When you're in your 80s, you don't really want anything that big. Right. And I like to sprinkle a bit when I do my planting. Is there a substitute? 
Oh, <clears throat> for sure. I, and also, you can get bone meal in small. You should be able to get bone meal in smaller containers than, you know, a 20-kilogram tub. Mm. Um, there should be at your local, you're in Dundas. So Harper's, Terra Greenhouse is one of those. They should have like a two-kilogram box of really? bone meal, which... Uh, when I'm planting a shrub or a tree or a rose particularly, mm. I always throw a handful or two of bone meal into the bottom of the planting hole. That's what I like to do. And then I mix it up. Park in Dundas <clears throat> and they just have these great big canisters. Yeah. yeah. So I, go, or even a Home Depot, somebody like that. Check. Oh. At this time of year, you should be able to find smaller containers. Else. Okay. The other thing to remember is what is bone meal? It's ground up bones. It's high phosphorus. Mm. It is supposed to help, you know, encourage root growth when right. we're transplanting or planting. And yeah. it's from natural natural sources. There is a synthetic version of high phosphorus, which is the plant starter or transplanter don't, don't fertilizers. Don't plant starter to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, no, you, yes, it's okay. It comes in a quite a good size box. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you have to mix five grams of this with so many liters of that. By the time I've figured out how to do that, just, <laughs> no thank you. True. It's not nearly as simple as just throwing a handful into the and, planting and blood, hole. Blood meal really isn't suitable. No, but so. blood meal is high nitrogen, so it's yeah. not high phosphorus. That's All the right. thing. So what I should do then, Charlie, is just shop around. I'll find a smaller Exactly. One. You'll find a smaller yeah. one. All right, thank you. Okay, Thanks Brenda. for your call. Okay, Th- thank you very much. From a very, you know, chopped off... Uh, Passionate person. gardener. Now, yeah, now I have to your we one. all? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sticking in Toronto for our next call. Uh, Evelyn, hi. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Oh, hi. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, my uh, question is, I have um, a small, very small planter, which I'd like to put on my balcony. It's on the sixth floor of an apartment building. Mm-hmm. And it faces east, and it gets about six in the summer. It gets about six hours of mm-hmm. direct sun okay. every day. I was wondering what kind of plants would be suitable for that. How small is the planter when you say small? Uh, it's about uh, thirty-six inches by twelve inches by eighteen. It's quite fair, fairly deep, and I, unfortunately, it doesn't have any drainage holes. But um. I put um, small stones and uh, shells in the bottom underneath the earth. Yeah, which isn't optimal, but no. still, you're not exposed really to the rain much, I wouldn't think. No, no, you're not like somebody with some... The, the problem with a planter with no drainage out in our yards yeah. or out where the rain can, yeah. can fall in yeah. uh, can be a problem. If we get into rainy days after rainy days, we end up yeah. water gardening without ever well, intending I to. I can move mine, as a matter of fact. Right, so you uh, can tuck it. it you know, looked like a really stormy week or something, I can take it... But, um, well, they wouldn't get the rain. But that's he- that must be heavy. That's a fair size planter to be rolling around, unless maybe you've got some wheels on it or something. Yeah, so okay. Were you looking to plant something just for ornamental purposes, or were you looking maybe to get something edible going in that? I was debating. <laughs> <laughs> I like the flowers, but um, I, don't, I, I tried pansies last year, mm-hmm. and they didn't do very well. So um, I don't know. I could do edibles, I guess. Well, I mean, pansies are both ornamental and edible, so keep that in mind, because you can yeah, eat pansy true. flowers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And um, the trick with pansies are they like to be kept moist. When it gets hot, they want to be always moist. And that's probably what happened. They were probably fine in the early summer, late spring, and then it got hot and dry and they just shrivel up and die. They just hate the heat. Um, But you know what might be nice in there from a um, visual is nasturtiums. Oh, really? Yeah, nasturtiums you can grow them from seed, so you would just go and get yourself a package of seeds. 
and they will trail down your planter. Six hours of sun is great. Uh, they are, again, are both edible and ornamental. You can eat the leaves and the flowers. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Right. Nice little sort mm. of a zing to your salads. They're very, very, I love eating them. So that would kind of give you that flowing down uh, perspective. Yeah, yeah. And then if you want to, I'd be inclined to put, um, you could put some peppers, some red peppers. There's quite ornamental leaves on the peppers. You can mix it up with a little bit of even some coleus, which again has a pretty leaf, uh, in t- as your upright uh, plants into that planter. So you've got the flowing down, you know, something up and something down, and just mm-hmm. get some nice colors going. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can do a lot of things. The challenge with any kind of gardening in a container is knowing when to water and how mm-hmm. often to water. And it's more often than we think, <laughs> particularly if it's hot and sunny. And windy, right? They they do dry yeah, out quickly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about the wind. It, it is fairly windy. And make, Not on a corner, but it is fairly windy. Well, and the other thing to keep in mind is it, when you're gardening in a container, make sure you're using potting soil or mm-hmm. a soilless mix for containers. You don't mm-hmm. put triple mix into your no. container. Okay. So gravel in the bottom, at least two or three inches is a good yeah. idea. Yeah. And then a good quality uh, soilless mix or container mix into your into your. Uh, pot, moisten it all up before you plant, and of course, water again when, when you've planted. And as well, remember fertilizing. We do have to fertilize our container gardens very regularly, every two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I will mention something that uh, I think was wrong with my pansies. Uh, one of your guests a few weeks ago mentioned that when you take something from uh, the small pots mm. that you buy and transplant it, mm-hmm. separate the root. Right. Now, I didn't do that. Uh, yeah, it's true. And that I can make it a difference. might have strangled itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's true. So it, it is true. Even if a one-year plant, like yeah. an annual, you know, one summer plant, good idea to incur, you know, the better the root system, the better the plant will be above ground. Yeah, well, I guess I thought of it probably in my garden because, well, there'd be more soil, obviously, but in a planter, you don't really think about it because it just fits so nicely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if it comes from the one box, it goes so nicely. I know. But, it's fast yeah, planting. It, that's what happened. To, I think that was partly why it didn't do well. Is the roots were all, well, did say, was it strangled itself or something? Yeah. Well, let us know this year. Let us know. Call us in August. Tell us how it's gone. Yeah, okay. I will. Thank All right, you. Evelyn. Thank you very much. <clears throat> 9.24 here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Uh, I need uh, just a little bit of time to exercise my bell-ringing arm because we do have a first-time <laughs> caller coming up in moments here on Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Franklin? Yes, Charlie? Why on earth would the government of Ontario offer you financial support to plant trees? Hmm. The earth is why. Find out if you qualify. Check out the government of Ontario's 50 million tree program at foristsontario.ca. You bring the land... We'll bring the trees. Hey, sounds great. Okay, uh, let's get to the lines here. And as I indicated, we do have a first-time caller. Yes. Uh, that's for Enid in Scarborough. Hi, Enid. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Great. Good. I have... Usually, I always put in my perennials on this long weekend, my geraniums, begonias, all that sort of thing. Those are your annuals, yes? Annuals, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I say perennials? Yes, that's okay. <laughs> I bought them about four days ago and they're sitting under my carport but I'm wondering if it's still too early to put them in because it's not that warm really. 
Uh, it re- you're right, but there is um, the forecast is looking pretty good in terms of there being no super cold nights. I think we're getting you know six, seven, eight degrees, uh, mm-hmm. but we're not down you know one or two or below zero. So potentially, yes, you could. I would say put in your annual flowers now. Mm-hmm. The only limiting factor is that the soil is probably still quite cold. Mm-hmm. So if depending on where the areas are that you're planting, if it's on the north side of a building and it's always shady, and it's the last place to thaw in the spring, it's going to still be pretty chilly for any planting. So though, I get the sun in the afternoon in my front yard. That's where okay. I usually plant oh, them. Yeah, so you, so it's probably warmed up quite a bit because that mm-hmm. afternoon sun beats down pretty well. Yeah. So, I, um, I, you know, even if you wait till Monday, because today is <clears throat> lots of good sun today, great rain tomorrow, which again is just going to cleanse the soil and, you know, mm-hmm. warm up the soil through that process, and then maybe consider planting on Monday. Or yeah, you can I, hold those plants, continue to hold them in a shady spot, just water every day. Yeah, I, I put in um, my um, uh, dahlias, mm-hmm. and one other question: Do I put in a few, uh, two canna lilies? Are mm-hmm. they perennials, or do I have to take them up in the fall? They are perennial. If we lived in so, you know South Carolina, mm-hmm. here they will die outside in the winter. So but I have to take the bulbs out. You can take them up, or what I do sometimes, and I did this with gladiolas last year, is I planted them in a pot, and then I brought the pot into my garage for the winter. I haven't got a garage. <laughs> yeah, so or a shed or whatever. So it was mm-hmm. in an unheated spot. Mm-hmm. They were dormant. I wrapped them all up with blankets, and surprisingly, it was a mild winter, but surprisingly, it survived quite beautifully. So pots back outside now, gladiolas are growing. So I didn't yeah. have to lift them at all. Because the lady at Canadian Tire said to me, she said, you don't have to take them up, she said, because if you look along the parks, they're planted and they're already coming up. If you look along where? Sorry, in, the, on, in the park. Oh, right? they've planted them. Yeah, no, you know what? They start them in greenhouses and they, they've planted them out now. So, oh, no, they will okay. die in the winter. She was wrong. Because I know I'm originally from the Caribbean and yeah. I know in my mom and dad's garden, yeah. they always had canna lilies yeah. down there. Of course, it's warm Gorgeous. all year round. Yeah, they're tropical and they're lovely, but they will not survive the winter outside. All Not right. here. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thanks so much, Gaydon, uh, for joining us here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. That's it's broadcast funny. live and direct from the Zoomer Place. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. It's okay. That it's that's funny though. The the, the logic of the person that uh, Enid was talking to was, look, they're up and growing in the parks. Therefore, they must have been out there all winter, yeah. and now they're just growing. But that's wrong. Nanu, they, nanu. they were started in a greenhouse. Yeah. They've now been planted out into the parks. So don't be fooled by something that's growing out there now. It doesn't mean it was there yesterday. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Art in North York. Hi. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Morning. Good morning. My question is, I've got lots of blossom. I've got pear trees, apple trees. No bees. Oh. And now there's a wave hand pollinating, isn't there? There is. Um, what I would do if you're interested... Okay, so are you positive there's no insects? I mean, are you out there 24 hours a day, you know, seven no. days a week? They're, I checked and there's, I've never seen a bee. But it's not just bees that do the pollinating. It's any insect that visits one flower and then another flower and happens to be carrying some yeah, pollen with them. So you might want to consider joining the Beekeepers Association and getting your own hive. But I that's own some companies, uh-huh. and a lot of the companies are out of business. There's no. And uh-huh. I was talking to one lad. He comes down from 
Alliston, and he's lose, he's lost half his bees. I know. Oh no, that's true. Uh, so yeah, you'd, the commercial growers will rent hives, and they get trucked all over North America to go in and out of orchards and do their work, just because the, you know in order to be reliable in terms of pollination. But what I would do if I were you, you can hand pollinate. Timing is everything. Uh, you can use anything from a Q-tip to a paintbrush. There are some great videos on YouTube. So I would Google that if I were you. I would just uh, you'll get it'll be explained better to you and shown visually to you uh, via YouTube better than I can do on the radio. But yes, that's exactly how most fruits are produced in China because there are so few flying insects alive. They do because there are well, no bees. They've all died. Question, if I pollution. took a branch off and just went around with a branch, and could, would that work? Might. Might not. No. In order to really do it properly, you've got to go flower to flower. And yeah. timing is everything. Wow. So it's just loaded. It could take uh, maybe three, three weeks. Well, and the other thing, of course, is that you can't go t- like two flowers side by side. You that you have to go from one tree to another tree, so you, like it's called oh, cross pollination. So that adds more from effort. Apple to pear or whatever. No, it's apple to other kind of apple, pear to other variety of pear. Oh, I see. So if you have multi fruit trees and you've had fruit in the past, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, plants will self pollinate if they aren't getting cross pollinated. But you will get a, have a very small crop. So that's why you're right. If there's no flying insects doing it for you, you may have to become your own little bee. I guess we'll pay through the nose and prices. We will. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah. Okay, we will. Thanks. Sorry, bad news, but yeah. yeah, thank you for your call. Thanks, Art. Uh, brought up an interesting subject there. I never realized that uh, there are no bees in China, you're saying? Mm-hmm. Pol- uh, pollution, just mm-hmm. wow. Pollution Ooh, and pesticides. There you go. Mm-hmm. 9.33 as we uh, welcome Catherine to the line from Waterloo. Hi, Catherine. Good morning. Morning. Uh, yeah, uh, Charlie. I uh, um, uh, I wanted to give you an update on my magnolia tree. Uh-huh. That's right, because you had th- we thought you had scale, right? You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And my husband sprayed mm-hmm. in the spring. You know, like you said, w- little little wind, mm-hmm. no rain, mm-hmm. or yeah. And um, okay, so it's it, it's looking better. Mm-hmm. The previous year, my husband said. There were no flowers at all, no leaves, and no flowers. Well, we've, it's flowered. Okay, good. And um, um, uh, he thinks to think that the bark, uh, the trunk, and the and the branches are uh, lightening up. They're not as black. Okay. Okay. And but now um, he still has some more of that spray. Uh, should he just use use it again in the spring? Uh, so the spray he used, was it called dormant spray? I, I don't know. Okay, so it depends what he sprayed. Um, it, when trees are dormant, so when there's no leaves on them, no flowers, they're still asleep from the winter, yeah. we can use something called dormant spray on the, the bark of the trees, and it will kill eggs and spores of diseases and pests that have overwintered on the bark. So dormant spray is very, very effective when the plants are dormant. Now we're into the growing season. We no longer have dormant plants. We don't use the dormant spray 
as we did earlier in the spring. Uh, so for the purposes of, of an insecticide, because scale is an insect, uh, if it was felt necessary to spray again, which is certainly possible, what I would suggest your husband uses is something called Bug Be Gone, uh, or there's, it's available other, under other trade names. Okay. The active ingredient is pyrethrum or pyrethroids, and it is a contact killer. The challenge, and I'm just double-checking because I can never remember this, uh, right, is he would be spraying the, the bug be gone that I just mentioned uh, in late August uh, or any time in September that will act, because the scale with the shell on it is no, you cannot kill. Yeah. That's right, mm-hmm. exactly. The, the, soap sprays, just give it a bath, and pyrethrins just wash off. But when the little crawlers emerge, they don't have the scale shell on them, and that's when we can actually do some damage to the babies. So that's uh, August or early September. Okay. Okay. And is it is it uh, okay that I mean uh, the flowers are already falling off? Oh yeah, it's that yeah. it's that hot weather we just had. Oh yeah. Remember how hot it was there on Wednesday and Thursday? Mm-hmm. Okay. Say bye bye to your tulips. Say bye bye to your magnolias. Everything wow. just pooched right out in that heat. <laughs> I hate a hot spring. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. like it cool. Okay, uh, Catherine. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks. And I uh, hope Charlie's uh, advice is uh, helpful for you. Uh, here we are at 936. Just a quick mention, we do have a line or two open right now in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And those of you who live outside the city, anywhere in the province for that matter, would like to reach Charlie with a question or a comment. Here's a number, toll-free, 866 740-4740 as we go a little bit east now to Scarborough. There's Judy. Hi, Judy. Welcome to the show. Hi. Morning. I was wondering if it's safe to use cow or cattle manure for vegetable gardens. Absolutely. Oh, okay. That's <clears throat> before the invention of synthetic fertilizers. That's all that was used by oh, okay. gardeners uh, and agriculturalists uh, for thousands of years. Remember, though, you're not just going to your local cattle barn and picking up fresh manure. It's no, got to be composted. The, yeah, um, yeah. Um, grocery stores. That's whatever. right, and it's it says right on it, composted, which means it has been overwintered for a number of years. Okay. Uh, so when you open that bag, it should not smell like manure. It yeah. should just look like a very rich soil. Yeah. It's going to add some nutrients and it's going to add lots of very high-quality organic material, okay. which is by far the best. Okay, that's okay. great. Thank you, Charlie. You're very welcome. Okay, have a great day, and thanks for joining us here on Zoomer Radio. Hey, Bridget, in Toronto, it's your turn. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Hi, Bridget. Whoop. Morning, Charlie. Yeah, there we are. I have a question about irises. Yes. Um, I didn't realize that they had uh, grown so uh, compacted. Is it possible to uh, divide them up? Now? I wouldn't. They're just flowering now. Or ready to flower. Yeah. The best Mm -hmm. time to dig and divide your irises is early August. Early August. So let it be for now. Enjoy what you've got. Uh, you For sure, if they're super compacted and dense and overgrown, you will not get nearly as many flowers as you should. So in early August, dig, dig out some of them. Give them to your friends. Spread them around your garden. You know, join your horticultural society. Put them in a plant sale next spring or this fall. But allow uh, some space between the irises. You'll have three times more flowers next year. Okay. Okay. And uh, should I be using a soil that has sand in it? 
They do like good drainage. So depending on what your natural soil is, if you're in clay like I am, then yes, anything that contributes to drainage is a good thing. If you're in pure sand, then no, you wouldn't be needing to add any extra drainage. And you you can always, always uh, benefit plants by adding organic material like our last caller who's buying bags of composted manure. Good idea. Can't go wrong. Whether it's sandy soil or clay soil, organic material helps. Okay. Yeah, what a beautiful... Okay. Thank okay, you thank, very much. Thank you You're very welcome. much, Bridget. Uh, beautiful Saturday morning here. And no, look. Still, not a cloud not, out our windows. Not a peep it's, of a cloud. It's like, mm. uh, you know, robin's egg blue out there. It's, yeah. a, it's a really nice color. 9.39, coming up to 9.40, actually. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. And uh, once again, I'm going to get that... Bell ringing arm. Oh, in shape. you We've get got, in shape. And I'm going to take a breather. First time caller. <laughs> okay, as we rest up for more action here on the Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, we're about to welcome first time caller Joy right here in Toronto. Hi, Joy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good, Good morning. morning. I wanted to ask you, please, about the castor bean plant. Mm-hmm. I was given a plant about two years ago. It grew five foot high, mm-hmm. produced um, the prickly brown pods at the end of the year, which I gathered. Mm-hmm. I tried last year. I opened the pods. I assumed you wouldn't put the entire pod in. Right. Put seeds in the garden. I put seeds in a pot, and I have a window facing south, which is very warm. Neither produced anything. Mm. I'm wondering how best to plant them. Well, okay, so first off, you're going to have to buy some fresh seeds, and they are very available right now. Right. And it's going to be how you, if you're going to harvest the seeds at the end of the season with the intention of replanting them, Mm -hmm. a couple of things, you're going to want to make sure that this is an open pollinated castor bean, which as far as I know, most of them are. Right. And number two, uh, it'll be the storage of those beans over the winter, those those seeds. So it's... um, Harvesting them when they're mature, so the look, horses are going by. Uh, sorry, <laughs> with, with um, policemen on top. Yeah, of them, yeah. Right? Sorry, yeah. on radio. Just so you know, we're out my window. Three horses with police officers are going by. Um, it's a bit distracting. So um, uh, the pods will have to be mature, starting to dehiss or crack open. Right. You'll collect the seeds. You will keep them in a dark, dry location for the winter, mm-hmm. uh, and then to start the germination process in the spring, you will need to scarify them. So that means get out some sandpaper. You're gonna do some rubbing on the seed coat with sandpaper before you put them into a seed starting mix with moisture to cause them to germinate. I would add the note that castor bean is uh, the entire plant, including the seeds, are extremely poisonous. So whenever you're handling castor beans or you're growing them in your garden, remember this is something that you wash your hands after touching. I wasn't aware of that. That's very useful information. Yes. Yeah, no nibbling on them as you're no, working. No, you would, you would actually die very quickly. They're very poisonous. Oh, wow. The genus is Racinus, and um, you've heard of ricin. The, yeah, the, yes, right. it's all from the same, Gully. same ca- toxic chemical. So it's a naturally occurring plant with naturally occurring toxicity. Uh, so just be careful of that if you're growing them. They're amazing plants. They look, they grow from a seed to, a, like you said, five, six foot tall mm-hmm. and wide plant. Very so dramatic, very tropical. Uh, but just, you know, be aware of that. Particularly small children, dogs, that sort of Yikes. thing. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, thank uh, you very ready? much, Joy. Uh, and that, that 
that really brought up an interesting point <laughs> yeah, about that. That's right. I'm watching police wow. officers and horses go by, and I'm thinking about poisonous uh, plants at the same time. Yeah, amazing. Okay. Oh, hey, another first-time Ooh. caller. Look at this. It's first-time caller hey, day. Hey, Margo, that's for you here in Toronto. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. Yeah. I would like to know how to treat moss that's growing in my, on my lawn. So where the moss is growing, it's probably quite shady. Not really. It's facing the uh, north, and it's sitting right in the sun no, at if this it's, moment. At this moment. Yeah, so, it, well, it's probably not facing north. It, well, see, we're looking out the north window right here. If it's, if the, it's facing north, the, the house would be shading the area at this point time in the day. Certainly very early in the day or very late in the day, you probably get some direct sun. But at this time, it would be in the shade, so it's probably not facing north. But bottom line is, moss grows when the conditions are perfect for the moss. What does moss love? It loves a cool, fairly dark, preferably moist location. It does also prefer a pH that is is acidic, so below neutral, and it will happily grow. What does grass love? Grass loves lots of sun, so opposite, well-drained soil, so again opposite, and a more neutral pH. So if you've got conditions that favor moss, the moss will predominate, the grass will not. So dark, cool, moist, low pH are the conditions you need to change if you don't want the moss to grow there and you do want grass to grow there. So you might have to change the grade a bit. If it's a low spot, add some sand, add some uh, better drainage into that area. You can sweeten the soil with horticultural lime uh, sprinkled on carefully. And, um, of course, you'd have to reseed with grass seed once you you have, um, you know, taken away that moist condition and that low-lying situation. Um, And sometimes you're kind of fighting uh, a bit of a, you know, rock in a hard place. You sometimes can't win. You can't change those conditions effectively enough to stop the moss and encourage the grass. So sometimes I I just think better to be happy with the moss. I kind of find it kind of pretty myself. Okay. I was, you know, surprised because we've been here over 40 years and we haven't had that. And Mm. this year is the first year... Mm. That the the moss was showing, so I said, but, "Well, let me find out." But like but, you said, hot lime. Yeah, and. And keep in mind, we've had a lot. We've had good snowfall. We had a mild winter, and we had lots of rain. Ton of rain. So Mm. the conditions this spring are a little different from every other forty years of spring conditions you've had in that home. So depending on how the summer goes, you may find that that moss just shrivels up and dies once it gets hot and dry. Right? The the moss will only thrive in the conditions it needs, and and the the moisture moisture has been good for the moss. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you so much for your help, and have a nice weekend. Thank Thank you. Thank you very much, Margo. You too. A happy long weekend for most folks, anyway. I know. Yeah, not for me. Uh, No, you're doing some extra work. Yeah, well, I'm I'm working on on Monday for... uh, Normie Edwards uh-huh. uh, from 1 through to 6. So What's I, he uh, off on some cruise again or something? Uh, no, just taking a long weekend. Oh, okay. you know, we, and him. he deserves it. Yeah. He, he's a good, good guy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so well, Monday for him. Yeah. And, and I then think again on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. And that's a long shift. That's like a 1 to 6 shift. Yeah, oh, right. my goodness. That's right. I'm so However, pr- I don't know how you pull um, that we'll off. A, we'll one hour garden show is exhausting. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you time to rest up oh, okay. because we have to take a little bit of a pause here in preparation for another First time caller coming up next here on The Garden Show. 
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, let's, uh, what? there we are, the bell there for Tony in Cambridge. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. How are you both today? Good. Excellent. My question is, I ordered and received six Brugmansia from Quebec, mm-hmm. and I, I'm putting them in container. Mm-hmm. And I've got quite large um, pottery containers, and I'm in a little courtyard. Is it too soon to, to plant? I have a little microclimate in this courtyard. Oh. Perfect. No, I would do it. I would get them outside. Now, you're obviously going to keep an eye on the weather. If we get anywhere close to five degrees or lower, bring them in. Okay. But, but they're they're fine outside, you know, in a little courtyard where they're protected from the wind and it's going to warm up because the sun is really, you know, providing mm-hmm. a lot of heat these days if it's, you know, able to to warm up like stone surfaces and brick walls and that sort of thing. It, you can really create quite a nice little microclimate and, and get those Brugmansia going because the sooner you can get them growing, the sooner you're going to have a real showpiece of them. Yeah, well, they're about uh, two, two and a half feet tall already. Mm-hmm, good. And, but a little spindly, so I, I... Oh, yeah. And they're only in a three-inch pot, so I... Get them in a bigger I, pot. Yes. Yes, yes. before yes. they go outside. And, yes, exactly. So you're going to water them thoroughly uh, every day, probably, because they right. do need to be kept watered, and particularly when they're growing yeah. as they are, and they are a tropical that likes a good, moist environment. Okay. Okay. I was just um, reading here on... a. Uh, most Brugmansia will not grow to their full height if they're grown in a container. At the most, the typical container-grown Brugmansia will reach its height of about 12 feet. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, you want more than that? I was going to say, so you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's great. Thank you, Tony. All righty. Uh, now, a lot of our calls, are, of course, are questions I understand may be out there in Eris. Peter wants to make a comment, so let's nice. find out what's going on. Hi, Peter. Hi, good morning to both of you. Morning, yes. Uh, with spring, uh, the season of foals and moles mm. will be coming up, and the questions will be com- coming up. Us living in the country, we got lots of them. Mm-hmm. What has worked for us mm-hmm. is you take juicy fruit, mm-hmm. chew it for mm-hmm. about a minute or two, so mm-hmm. it gets nice and wet, and you can open up the roof of a tunnel or at the end of a tunnel, and mm-hmm. you put some over there. The moles and foals will eat it because they love it. Mm-hmm. They get bummed up and die. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it has to be juicy fruit that's the stick kind, not the chiclet kind, that's right? That's correct. It yeah. has to be the stick How kind. How about that? And so that's a bit of a challenge these days is finding juicy fruit in the stick because it's all those little pelletized, yeah, yeah, yeah. chiclety things now. Ah. But but this, I've definitely heard that before. They, there's something about the smell of juicy fruit gum. They, they, they have to it. eat it. Yeah. yeah, they love it. And then it doesn't pass through their little systems. Yeah. yeah. The comment I had, I heard you what a great tip. When you take your plants and you put them in the pot and at the bottom you put some gravel. Mm. We have a lot of large plants mm. and so if we were to put in gravel there, we break our backs. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we take the empty water bottles, you know, mm-hmm. the one liter small Use water Use them bottles. as a drainage. We, 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 we crumble them up, mm-hmm. put them in the bottom, mm-hmm. put the soil on top of that mm-hmm. and... Um, 
you don't break your back lifting up the pot. That's right. Yeah, and I, it really works for us. Yeah, I've done that with old nursery pots too, just because you have yeah, so many of them yeah. sometimes kicking around. Put them in upside down or bubble wrap, something that's light but fills up the bottom. But in the case of that person who was, we were talking about gravel, it's because she had no drainage in those containers that she needed something in there. But you're right, it could be anything that's going to just provide that air below. Yeah. So what, good what tips. a neat tip about the moles, though. Wow, mm-hmm. we've got moles out there in the country at our. Do you? Place, yeah, and they're little devils. It, but I'm gonna have to go and search now for <laughs> they're little devils. Juicy fruit gum. <laughs> Moles eat grubs. What? You, in a sense, what are they? Well, why they, are they tear little? up the, the yeah. lawns. They make stuff, it dangerous. You know? They make holes, yeah. and then you can trip and hurt yourself. That's exactly right. Twist yep. your ankles. You gotta be careful. Well, uh, hey, thank you, Peter. Thanks, Love Peter. It. Great, great. Call note. us anytime. Don't be a stranger. Oh, Wanda, let's uh, let's find out what's going on in Scarborough. Hi, uh, Wanda. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Uh, I brought, bought by mistake a calbraccio, and I didn't know whether I could put it in a begonia planter if I took one of the begonias out, you know, the way they have them in three. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, so stop for a second. Is it calibracoa? Cali, yes. Okay, so Calibracoa is the Latin name for a commonly grown annual known as million bells. And they look like little tiny baby petunias. Yes. And they are a trailing plant. So when you're talking about a begonia planter, you're talking about one of those ones that's like a, a, a container with holes in the sides? Uh, no. no. I was thinking like it was a hanging basket. Okay. So could I take one out and put that in, or would I be better off putting it on the deck in one of those window boxes? Well, in the center? first off, I wouldn't put Calibracoa or Million Bells together with begonias because they would like different light exposures. Ah. Begonias want to be in low light. Million Bells or Calibracoa wants to be in full sun. So I would not put them together for that reason. Also, when you buy a hanging basket, it's got three of something in there, and you try and cut out one and add in something different, you will set that plant back quite a lot because of the damage to the roots you've done. Though, sometimes what I'll do is, and I've done this, you know, you pick up a good-priced hanging basket, Mm -hmm. take it home, there's three plants – pull it all out of the hanging basket, saw the three plants apart, you know, cut with a knife, and now put them in the garden, those three separate plants. That can work. But to start modifying an existing hanging basket, I wouldn't. I would let it be as it is or take it apart entirely um, because you're just going to, the whole thing won't work. Okay. Okay. But, but yeah, begonias, low light, calibracoa highlight. All right. So okay. if I put it in a... In a window box on the deck, yeah, and then put um, uh, geraniums with it. Or? Sure, geraniums, petunias, zinnias, cosmos, marigolds. There's lots of sun-loving annuals that you could put for your more upright flowers. Oh, All well, right. that's good. And triple mix, I can't put as no. a um, no potting soil. No. Potting soil, potting soil, potting soil. Potting soil for the pots, garden soil for the garden. And triple mix is just a form of garden soil. So just know that. I hope everybody's listening. That should be everybody's mantra up on the wall in blazing lights. Potting (laughs) soil for the pots, garden soil for the garden. Never the twain shall meet. Okay. Up in blazing lights, I'm getting the the word from Sebastian. (laughs) Guys, we're less than a minute to go here on the show. So, hey, uh, what a bunch of great calls this morning, as is usual. Oh, look, we're all yeah. over the province. Indeed. And, um, yes, 
couldn't have nearly as much fun on the show without great callers with great Absolutely. questions. Absolutely. So big thank you and shout out to all of them. And you, you're going to have a very busy weekend? Yeah, well, long holiday weekend. I'll be uh, in this afternoon, of course, from 1 to uh, 3.30. And After you buy me breakfast. Me. After I buy you <laughs> breakfast in High Park, of course. And I go out there and I'm building a rock garden here in High Park. So I'll wow. be out there uh, staking out locations for rocks that we're going to start placing on Wednesday. So, oh, yes, indeed, stuff. busy okay. times. Thank you, Frank. Thank Dave's you, Corner Sebastian. Garage coming up. Couldn't do it without any of your help. <laughs> See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's Mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means... There's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.